welcome to Athlete Maestro, a podcast tailored for athlete development, improvement, and peak performance. And now, here's your host. Welcome, guys, to another um, exciting edition of the podcast, Athlete Maestro. And today is a part two in the series uh, that we started last week, looking at self-efficacy in sports. I hope you guys have listened to last week's episode, which was part one, where we deciphered what self-efficacy basically is, differentiated what's the difference between self-efficacy and confidence. We were also able to look at the primary sources of self-efficacy. I've looked at only two of those ones, which was a performance accomplishment and, of course, your emotional state, how this affects your performance and the kind of success that you enjoy in sports. Of course, you recall just a quick recap for uh, you guys, but I would really recommend that you go listen to that episode. Self-efficacy refers to your beliefs that you can perform your sports successfully. Success is more likely to happen when you believe in your ability, and that's very different from confidence. You can be confident in the wrong things. You can be confident in things going wrong. You can be confident that um, your performance will not be up to scratch for various reasons, probably because... Uh, you're just coming back from an injury probably because you know that you haven't practiced enough but um you know this will be an opportunity for you to get some games in to get some things in and uh, the likes basically confidence can be channeled in different ways but self-efficacy is generally positive and you can only believe in yourself to succeed one way and that is in a positive way so that's basically the difference between self-efficacy and confidence we looked at that as well and also we looked at self-efficacy being primary to you improving your performance in sports. And that's why you see um, some athletes who are underdogs. Uh, they tend to, of course, do better than the favorite. Why? Because that underdog believed in himself. That underdog saw himself succeeding, believed in his ability to succeed at that particular event. And that's why the favorite, for example, might have been having doubts. There might have been a lot of things wrong with his training camp that um, got him to wonder whether or not he could do well, that got him to wonder whether or not uh, things would happen for him, that got him to wonder whether this was right and this was going well or uh, whether this was this or that and a lot of all of those other things. So self-efficacy is very, very important for you guys and you have to take it extremely seriously. On today's episode, we're going to look at the um, other two primary sources of self-efficacy, which is vicarious experiences and verbal persuasions, and then we'll also look at how you can measure your self-efficacy in sports. So let's start off with uh, vicarious experiences. And vicarious experiences is basically almost the opposite of performance accomplishment. Performance accomplishment is you looking at the success that you have either been able to achieve or the obstacles that you've been able to overcome to achieve that success. So for example, I'll give an example of boxing again. Uh, you've been in a fight where you've been losing the whole fight and going into the championship rounds, which are the 11th and 12th rounds, you're able to knock out your guy. Or you're a boxer who was knocked down in the early rounds, just like Andre Ward was when he recently fought against Sergei Kovalev in the first fight. First fight was knocked down in the second round. Uh, of course, he got up to controversially win the fight. And going into the second fight, when various questions were asked, he said, look, I've taken his best shots and I know what it feels like, you know, and I'm back on my feet and I was able to win that fight. So I don't see him doing, you know, anything different this fight. Of course, Andre Ward knocked out Sergei Kovalev in the second fight. So the success that you've been able to achieve, one, and then the obstacles that you've been able to overcome to achieve 
that success. So those are things that you can call on. So while you're in a particular fight, while you're in a particular match, in a particular competition, uh, say the early rounds don't go your way, depending on the kind of sport that you play the first half uh, or the first quarter or the second quarter, depending on the sport, uh, you can look at performance accomplishments and look at your past performances and see how you fared uh, at various times to call into that experience, of course, to make you calm and know that you got this and that you can come back and achieve the success that you want to achieve. That is also very, very critical. And of course, vicarious experience is the opposite, where you use other people's experiences to, of course, channel that inner belief that you can succeed as well. And that's why you see many of the entrepreneurs in the world where they say things like, oh, look at this guy, or look at that guy, and look at the obstacle he was able to overcome. He comes from your town, he uh, went to your high school, your secondary school. Um, this were the things that he did leading up. Basically, they established so many similarities between you and that person that has succeeded, such that it's almost like as if you're living that experience through those people. It's almost like you're living the experience the way they lived it to be able to accomplish that success. So long and short, you can relate to what they've been able to go through. So you see a boxer, for example, who, of course, uh, won his first 20 professional fights and then suffered devastating back-to-back -back losses. And then you're going to look back at a future Hall of Famer, for example, who, of course, uh, his first 20-odd fights as well, he lost and came back, of course, to make it to the Hall of Fame. So you're going to look at that and be like, oh, if he could do it in similar circumstances to me, then I can do it as well. A classic example on this point is Andy Murray and Ivan Lendo. Ivan Lendo was Andy Murray's coach, um, I think it was between 2010 and 2013 or 14, before he turned to Amelie Moresmo. But now Ivan Lendo is back working with him again. And one of the primary reasons why Andy Murray chose to work with Ivan Lendo or hired Ivan Lendo as his coach was, yes, Ivan Lendo is a legend of the game. He is a past Grand Slam champion. But what made it more important was that at that point, Murray had lost his first four Grand Slam finals. And everyone was like, uh, "Whenever, when is he going to win his first? You know, he's lost to Djokovic, he's lost to Fedra. Is he ever going to win? Now, he brought in a guy in a coach who um, had identical circumstances. I think Ivan Lendo lost his first three or four Grand Slam. I'm not sure the particular number, but I think he lost his first three or four Grand Slam finals as well. But Lendl, of course, went on to be a multiple Grand Slam champion. So getting in a guy like that, Murray, through vicarious experiences, was able to see that it is doable, was able to see that it is possible, was able to see that I can do this, was able to see that it's nothing new. And I've talked about this on a past episode of the podcast that whatever you're going through as an athlete, it's nothing new. You're not the first person that will go through those things. So if you're not the first person and someone was able to come out of that scenario on the positive side, then it means that you as well can do something similar. So that's basically what vicarious experience is. So if you're going into uh, a particular competition, a particular match, who are those athletes who have been in your position before? Who are those athletes that have experienced what you are about to experience, that have been in the tight corner that you have found yourself before? Is there anything that you can learn from them? Is there any obstacle that they were able to overcome that you can align with that gives you a reasonable chance, a better chance basically of succeeding those are the key things as you ask in looking at vicarious experiences and that is the second source the third source 
of um, self-efficacy in sports. And the final one is verbal persuasion. And this basically is the kind of team you surround, you surround yourself with and the kind of things that you say to yourself. Now, you're going to see an athlete who is losing or you're going to see an athlete who is being dominated. And you're going to see his coach around him continue to tell him, number one, that maybe things might not be going out right, right now. Things might not be going the way we planned. Things might not be going according to all the training that we did. But remember one thing, and one thing is that we walk through this situation. So basically, positive persuasions, verbal persuasions in a positive manner. You can do it. And that's why you're going to see um, many athletes. And recently, um, Kevin Anderson, who recently got to the U.S. Open final, of course, he lost to uh, Rafael Nadal in that final. But the key thing to take away from that final for, for Kevin Anderson was that every time he won a point, every time he won something, he would always fist pump and tell himself, come on. And this was not something that was known in his game uh, for the past, what, seven or eight years. But his new coach introduced that type of persuasion into his game so that he could persuade himself positively that he was doing a good job. He could persuade himself positively that he could get better. He could persuade himself positively that he's on the right track and that if he continues like this, he's going to do well. But the mistake that a lot of people make is that when things are not going well, the first place or the first thing that they navigate towards is the negative side of things. Oh, things are not going well. Uh, this is probably the time for me to crumble. Things are not going well. This is probably the time for me to pack it up and leave. And that's why you see people crumble under the pressure. That's why you see people, uh, once, once things start going wrong, just know that ah, everything uh, is going to blazes. Verbal persuasion is the fourth type of self-efficacy, fourth source of self-efficacy. And that belief that you have in yourself, you can get by encouraging comments that you get from people. And that's why the team that you surround yourself around is absolutely critical. What kind of things are they saying to you? What kind of things are they encouraging you to say to yourself? Because the kind of things that are being said to you, the kind of things that pass in between your brain, which is in between your ears, is absolutely critical. The more positive things you hear, the more belief you are going to have in yourself to succeed. You know, my coach has seen me train, my coach believes in me, and my coach tells me every single time that I've got this, that he hasn't seen any athlete like me. Every single time my nutritionist and my physio tell me they haven't seen any athlete that is in a better physical condition than I am. All of those things contribute in the long run to you being persuaded positively to believe in your ability. Now, of course, I'm not saying, you know, anyone should lie to you. You know, there should always be realistic situations. And uh, we've looked at this as well, how to handle criticism and accept criticism on a past episode of the podcast. You can go back and listen to that episode as well. But verbal persuasions are absolutely critical and important. And quickly, I'll just run you through uh, the how to measure uh, your self-efficacy in sports and basically there are three dimensions i'm very straight to the point uh, as we wrap up on this one you have um level strength and generality now uh the level dimension of measuring your self-efficacy is uh, the expected performance accomplishment at increasing levels of difficulty and basically this is a situation whereby you of course feel and i'll give the example of a basketball player for example and we saw uh, last season and last two seasons, we saw Steph Curry in the NBA uh, shoot the ball from halfway. We saw him shoot it from, uh, from the NBA logo in the center of the court. We saw him shoot it from every single angle. 
angle. Now, his level of dimension will be his belief in himself to make that shot. So you and I, of course, being basketball players, the first guy believes in his ability um, to shoot the ball from halfway into the net. I, for example, uh, shooting the ball from halfway might be a little bit difficult for me. But then again, I know that from the three-point range, I'm good. Now, our levels in terms of dimension of measuring the self-efficacy is at the same point because we both believe in ourselves to make the basketball shots from different places on the court. Now, the way this is different to strength, which is the certainty of your belief to achieve various levels of performance. The difference between this is that whilst I am pretty confident, 100%, that I can make the basketball shots from anywhere around the three-point line, I might be 50% confident of making the basketball shots from the halfway line. Now, whilst, of course, Steph Curry is 100% confident that he can make the basketball shot from the halfway line, he might be 70% confident that he can make the basketball shot from the other side of the court. Now, strength and level in terms of dimension are different. Level is that you know that you're going to make the shot. Now, strength is that vis-a-vis -vis this, on a 100% scale, how confident am I that I can make the shot? And of course, the generality is the number of areas that people use to judge themselves and the transferability of the judgments across other areas. So, like I said, me, I'm comfortable shooting the basketball from the three-point range. Steph Curry is comfortable shooting basketball from the half court. So, if he wants to measure his um, self-efficacy, in terms of winning basketball matches, you can say, okay, look, I'm pretty confident that we can win this basketball game just as much as I'm confident that I can shoot the ball from half court and it goes into the basket. So basically, what's he trying to say? 100%. So basically, generality is the number of areas people use. Just like I said, Steph Curry uses the half court as an example to show you how confident he is that his team can win the basketball game. Number of areas people use to judge themselves and the transferability of the judgment across other areas. That's how you can measure your self-efficacy. So I want you to go and ask yourself and look at it and say, okay, look, in terms of my sport, how confident am I to do this particular thing? Can I even do this particular thing? So basically, I'm giving you an assignment to measure your self-efficacy and how much you believe in your ability to succeed in the sport that you play. You know, so take different parameters and different levels as far as your sport is concerned and use the level, strength, and generality uh, to test how deep your self-efficacy is. And I want you to uh, send me your results uh, to Tola at athletemaster.com or you can message me on any social media platform at Tola Ogunlewe, and uh, I'll read and I'll respond to you as well. Test yourself. In terms of level, can I do this in my sport? In terms of strength, on a scale of 1 to 100, how confident am I that I can do this? Now, you can be confident that you can score a penalty kick in football. I'm pretty confident. But if someone now says, hey, on a scale of 1 to 100, how confident are you? That you're going to score the penalty then you're like mm, uh, probably 70 percent it's the same way when you tell people to bet things you know on the certainty that they're going to achieve it you know if you're certain that you can do this put your money down and then they'll be like ah no i'm probably 70 or 80 percent so i want you to test and measure your self-efficacy in sports level strength 
and generality and of course i want you to uh send that to me uh to read your report get back to you and of course you can ask me any questions i want you to share this episode as well as last week's episode uh, with anyone that you feel needs to hear this message uh, share the message and this episode with them head over to itunes soundcloud subscribe to the podcast uh reach out to me on any social media platform at Tola Oglema. You can send me uh, email as well, Tola at athletemaestro.com. I read all my messages and I respond personally as well. Head over to, of course, iTunes SoundCloud. Like I said, subscribe to the podcast. That's our way to reach more people and help other people solve their problems as far as sports is concerned. I'll catch you guys on the next episode of Athlete Maestro. Remember, knowing it's not enough. You must apply. Willing is not enough. You must do. I want you to go out there and I want you to be a master of your craft by mastering self-efficacy. I want you to go out there and I want you to be a maestro today on every single day. Thank you for listening to today's episode 